Jim, you were, I heard you muttering something about a sheet metal job. Are you doing sheet metal now? I know you're, you're a well, CNC machine shop, but... Well, we are specialists in three and four axis CNC machining. However, when our customer sends a big package to us and they happen to just throw in a couple of sheet metal jobs, I use Zometry to quote the job and do it for me. It's really great. I don't have to say no to that line item because let me tell you, procurement wants to do business business with people that are easy to work with. And if I have a job in part of a package that has a sheet metal job, I can use Zometry as my partner to do that work. And and they also do plastic injection molding and 3D printing. They do. They're experts at three, four, and five-axis CNC machining in in close tolerance and finishing as well. Definitely, you can use them for sheet metal, and it's great. Just go to Zometry.com. X-O-M-E-T-R-Y.com. You bet. Welcome to Making Ships. We believe that manufacturing is challenging, but if you are connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. I'm your host, Jim Carr, and I'm joined in the MXD studio with my good friend of five years. Well, been a friend for longer than that, but my co-host for five years, Mr. Jason Zenger. Hey, Jim. How are you? Hey, I am well. I'm well. You should have said MXD with JTZ. I could have said that. I could have said MXD, formerly the DMDII, too. That's too much of a mouthful. um, That is a mouthful, but it's great to be... I feel home here, like we're at home here. They treat us really well. They're good people, and I just love this rebrand. I mean, this place is rocking all the time. Every time I come here, there's more and more people. They've got a pretty cool logo. I I, I agree with you. Yeah, I I I was just admiring their logo this morning. Not that that's the point of the show, but it's a a cool logo. Yeah. Speaking of change, we're expanding... The Making Chips team. It's no longer just Jim and Jason. We've no. got like 10 people on that are working full-time for Making Chips. Well, what is, And what, you and I don't has, get a paycheck, so which is kind of weird. But. Yeah, that is a little strange. How has Making Chips 2.0 evolved? Because you know, some people may not know Yeah, this. just for the metalworking nation who doesn't know, I'll try to make it quick. Jim and I started this podcast about five years ago, where we started planning it out about five years ago. And the original intention was just to give back to the manufacturing industry. We felt that there was a need for manufacturing leaders just to have a community. And Jim and I were inspired by the time that we had spent in our association, just getting together with a small group of people and having a glass of wine and talking about our problems and solving each other's problems and giving each other ideas. And, you know, I had more than a glass of wine. I had okay. Than- I had a glass. You okay. had five glasses. Maybe. And we give each other ideas and solve each other's problems and talk to each other like manufacturing leaders that was different than what you could get from maybe your neighbor who was in a different industry. And for me, I I was kind of an outsider because I don't actually own a manufacturing company. I owned a cutting tool supply company. You're one of those guys. (laughs) And so for me, it was more, I wanted to give back to my client base. I wanted to give back to the community that supported me. And at the same time, it was also something that would help me to market my business. To be totally honest, that was the, the second benefit of starting making chips. That's how it all started. And then we really are experts, you know, experts at what? At wine drinking? Well, definitely at wine drinking, but in manufacturing, I mean, I've been in this 
industry for over 40 years. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. not too much I don't know about it. Uh, you'd be surprised how much you don't know. Well, I catch be, you on a lot. About the industry or about... No, just rambling about something words, that you don't know anything about. Words. Yeah. I know. A lot of times I talk in a vacuous sense, right? Yeah, and in a vacuum. Thank <laughs> you. Anyway, going fast forward, we were approached by the Golners who own Advanced Machine and Engineering, which is a essentially a workholding manufacturing company out of Rockford. And then they also own Hennig, which makes machine enclosures and other products that are related to the machine tool industry. And what they proposed to us was, well, what if we spin off our six-person marketing department and making chips would become a marketing agency and we would also invest in the company and that's what we've done and now to do marketing exclusively for for manufacturing leaders and particularly the the chip cutting community correct yeah Yeah. our creative director and videographer that we're going to introduce today chris fox he just got back from a an engagement to to produce a video for a moogie so that was kind of neat. And that's something that that's a Jim, strange name. It's it's German. Uh, yeah. Okay. And that was something that, you know, Jim and Jason couldn't do. And so no. now that we have a team of 10 people, those are the kind of things that we are doing. Yeah. And they're great people. And I'm looking forward to introducing the metalworking nation, Chris, and just highlight his skill sets. So Jason, you drink a glass of wine every now and then, right? Every now and then. Yeah, every now and then. I know not nearly as much as I do, but how is our boring bar different than a bar that you would go to and get a glass of wine. So or, our, or a shot our boring of beer. bar is a place where you can get exclusive content for manufacturing leaders from making chips, stuff that's different than the podcast, but maybe related and some additional information. So I would definitely encourage everybody to subscribe to the boring bar. No, all they have to do is text the word C H I P S. That's chips, like making chips, C H I P S to three eight four seven zero. And it's that easy, and they'll be subscribed, and you'll be getting all that good, exclusive manufacturing content in your inbox every week. So, Jason, do you have any manufacturing news for this week? I have news. It's okay. not necessarily manufacturing-specific, but it's related to the topic that we're talking about. So cool. this this is an article from Forbes, and the title of the article is, What is Content Marketing? Oh, yeah. So that's essentially what we're talking about today. And I'm not going to get into the article too much, except to mention the definition that they give, which I think is um, very good. Content marketing is a marketing technique of creating and distributing valuable, relevant, and consistent content to attract and acquire a clearly defined audience with the objective of driving profitable customer action. So real world example, I think I have, and I think you could probably give the one too, is that because of making chips, I developed a friendship with a gentleman who owns a manufacturing company in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, and we're now going to be bringing a vending system out to his facility, and cool. we're going to start doing business with him. And it was all because of the content marketing that we were doing and a friendship and service that we started delivering to him. And I know that you've developed relationships also like that. I have. I'm doing work for somebody right now. Uh, You're doing work for a guest that we had on the show before. Exactly. Exactly. And it's exciting. It's a little bit different than what we normally do. But because there was a relationship there, it gave us an opportunity to to exploit it a little bit and get more information than I would have if it was just a, a cold 
knock on the door, and it's really turning out to be something exciting. So uh, yeah, and not everybody can start a podcast, and I'm not suggesting that everybody starts a podcast. No, it's and there's not different easy. Different forms of content marketing. However, there are ways that every manufacturing leader out there that could do content marketing to a certain degree. Even social media, which we're not going to get too much in today, could be a form of content marketing. Totally, totally. Would you like, like to, to introduce to the Metalworking Nation our yeah, new hire? I will, I will yeah, I will introduce our guest to the Metalworking Nation. So you will know him. You will maybe recognize him by his beard. And he is a face in manufacturing because he actually has done a lot of video work with popular names in the industry like Titan Gilroy and John Saunders and manufacturing OEMs that you're familiar with, such as Tormach. So his name is Chris Fox, and he is now the Making Chips creative director. And like I said before, he knows manufacturing, worked for a CNC machine tool company and understands cutting tools, programming, but his real passion is content marketing. Marketing, video marketing, and he's also a great writer, and we're glad to have him on the Making Chips team. So welcome to the show, Chris Fox. Thanks. That's quite a lofty bio. That's a, that, high, that's a high bar I got to live up to at this that, point. And I just got to tell you, you, you don't know this, and I don't even think Jason does, but before, we, before the Making Chips hired you, and Nick was really speaking highly of you, I'm like, does this guy really know manufacturing? So I went to one of your YouTubes, and you were talking about cutting with a shell mill and when you were describing how to cut the metal with the shell mill 67 percent engagement of the thing i said this guy is not full of crap he knows what he's talking about he's i'm, I'm not a machinist but i play one on tv yeah it's well the... you did pretty good you impressed me <laughs> it sounded like you knew what you were doing but that's not why you're here today we brought you in today to explain a little bit about what your passion is in this industry, what what drives you. Can you share with the Metalworking Nation just exactly what content marketing is and and your background in that and how it relates to manufacturing? Right on. Yeah, well, so the Forbes article, I mean, it's a very Forbesian way to explain what content marketing is. I mean, at the end of the day, people that are in content marketing will adamantly and religiously say that not all marketing is content marketing, but all marketing is content marketing, right? So years ago, there was the blog boom and everyone everyone and their mom was saying that their company, your company, needed to have a company blog. They didn't tell you what to write. They you did. You didn't know what to write, but you were you needed to have a presence in blog format somewhere on the internet. Yes, I remember hearing that a and, lot. Exactly. And then it turned into okay. Well, now here's social, right? You need to you need to have a Facebook page, which Facebook for a business is dying at this point. But right. you know, you also have things like video, right? YouTube blew up, and suddenly now every company needs to have a YouTube channel and find out what that means and understand what that means. At the end of the day, it's all content marketing because what it's doing is it's establishing your brand. In its space. In that space. Exactly. Whether it's a blog or a social exactly. or a YouTube page. Exactly. And what that does it, is it, it, it creates a presence for an audience. So content marketing is about an audience. So instead of having customers, you have an audience. That's the, where the big gap is in understanding, especially with manufacturers. Because manufacturers, I mean, I get it, right? We're, we're used to the black and white. We're used to the ROI of a facility. If a guy's not at the machine for a certain amount of time every day or that spindle's not up 
or it's not running or whatever. If, I mean, it, if you're not making trips, you're not making exactly. money. I mean, that's that's what that's how I was raised. Exactly, exactly. And and I mean, I know in a previous podcast we had the folks from Zometry, and he was talking about how the, you know he hears the lights and the buzzing from the lights was the bane of his existence, and like that is traditional manufacturing. So then when you say, oh yeah, but here's a marketing effort, but there's no direct immediate ROI from what you're creating, they immediately shy away and and just like this doesn't make any sense. Manufacturers are starting to realize and understand what that is, but it, it's it's got a lot of importance in our space because our world is super technical. And so the real value that we can provide as marketers in this space is to teach, show people how to do these things. And that's probably the most important thing that we can do is, is, is that learning portion. Now, there's a whole gambit of different ways to do content marketing, but learning and teaching is one of the biggest ones that manufacturers can really benefit from. So Chris, manufacturing leaders are busy. They've got just so many things to worry about. They have to worry about making a quality part. They have to worry about on-time delivery. They have to worry about their people. They have to hire people. They have to just do all those things that a manufacturer leader has to do on a daily basis. Paying their tool suppliers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah buying their, their tools and you know all that kind of stuff. You want to add another thing to what they need to be doing in order to be a successful manufacturing leader. Well, and, and here's here's the thing. It, it's not me that wants. I mean, I like what I do, and it's, I'm good at it. But it it's the way of the world as we move forward. What do you mean? For instance, you're talking like talk about soda, right? You have Coke and you have Pepsi, right? We don't call it soda here in Chicago. We call it pop. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> so Coke and Pepsi. Okay, so you have Coke and Pepsi, right? They've always been there. But how do other brands make their presence known? You know, like Lacroix has made a really big splash in the soft drink space. It has. But it's yeah, not definitely. a soda, right? Yeah, they it have a cola not. flavored. Exactly. Yeah, it's not competing with Coke and Pepsi, but it, it is, right? People are buying that instead of Coke and Pepsi. Well, what's happening is they've created, and this is a different form of content marketing, right? But they, they've created an audience for their brand. And that audience is what content marketing is all about, is when you build an audience, you now have people who are basically already drinking the Kool-Aid. Letting in, we're talking about sodas, so not literally. But the people are are already drinking the Kool-Aid at that point. So then when you go to, quote-unquote, sell them, you don't have to sell them anything. So would this be like Red Bull Energy Drink? We're talking about drinks here. They put on events. And that event, is that a form of content marketing? That event, that's exactly it. And Red Bull's been uh, done amazing work at this. They actually have, there's a whole magazine that they do online that's focused on Red Bull's content. And extreme sports. And it makes no mention of the energy drink that they promote. It's well, what so if they co- created the brand through creating an audience? Exactly. And what happens is, is people value the content that you're creating, right? They value this thing that you're providing them, this thing that you're giving them without them asking. Well, one of the oldest examples of content marketing is actually from one of the oldest manufacturers out there, John Deere, who a lot of manufacturing leaders actually do know about because they probably make parts for them. Mm-hmm. But John Deere created a magazine for farmers in order to educate them on what they should be doing on their farm as a way of marketing John Deere tractors. I did and not know all that. The, all, the other, all the other equipment that they have. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the thing. Content marketing is not new. Right. Just this got this goes new, back 100 years ago. It just got ago. a new name, right? And it, it's more prevalent now because now, like I was saying, with is the fact that, and, and this is part of the reason why manufacturers are often cautious about it, is because there's no real easy way to get direct ROI. 
in it in, takes a lot of time exactly and but persistence. Here, here's the thing you can get more roi now you can measure the roi way better than you ever could in the past which is why suddenly now content marketing is a thing rather than just being john deere putting out a magazine right and back then like one of your only options when john deere did release our magazine was print I mean, that exactly. was one of the very few forms that you could do of content marketing. But right. now there's audio, video, print. There's just and events. The, and then everything. all you have is a list. You don't know who's reading that. You don't know what they're mm-hmm. looking at in it. Whereas online, you can track them. You can chase them all over the internet. And that's the value of content marketing is what's going on behind the scenes. So as a manufacturer, that's where that real driving value is, is – yeah, you can create content, but you don't want to just create the company blog, right? Because that was the thing that a lot of companies tried and failed at, and they said, ah, we don't need to do this. And then they wrote off content marketing altogether. Well, what it is is- if they you, were doing it correctly is exactly, the problem. Exactly. They were just exactly. always talking about themselves. They're like, hey, guess what? We'd like to welcome Chris Fox to Making Chips. And it's like, well, nobody wants to read that because they want to welcome Chris Fox. They want to hear what Chris Fox has to say that's going to help them. Right, right. What value am I bringing or what this value is, is the podcast This episode's bring? turning very meta. It's, it's, so it's I had real. a question about this blogging and about stuffing. Remember years ago, it was like really mm-hmm. impactful for SEO that when you created a blog that you used to stuff keywords in there multiple, multiple, multiple times to add relevancy to that particular blog post and make you more more searchable on the World Wide Web. Yep. But Google got privy to that, and now instead of helping, it actually doesn't help you. Google is... Is, is way wiser Yeah, than I, I, Google's uh, frighteningly smart. And I'm not talking about the company. I'm not talking about the people in the company. I'm talking about the algorithm that exists that none of those people can even... If you ask an engineer from Google, no single engineer at Google knows exactly how the algorithm operates because it's so complicated... And it's such a massive thing. Like, nobody knows exactly all the bits and pieces of it. it. It's all about how this whole thing works together in the web as a whole. Yeah, and I think, Jim, to answer your question a little bit, I think you're, you're talking about maybe SEO, which is related to content marketing. But I would say from, like, a content marketing perspective, you should never be doing something that is stuffing. You should be talking naturally to your audience because that is the way that you create original content that Google does like from an SEO and perspective. Actually, yeah, Google Google will give you precedence over the keyword stuffed pieces. Right, because it, you're natural. Exactly. So it's regularity. So Chris, how do how does the average manufacturing leader get started with content marketing, establishing themselves as a voice for whatever audience that they have? Yeah, I mean I, I Good think question. I think a big part of it is I guess in the past it was kind of referred to as like brand building. And you know, I know you guys have talked about this before. Brand is more than just a logo. Totally. But again, manufacturers aren't like super invested in marketing. So it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, we got a new logo and a new website. Our branding's done. And it's like, (laughs) there's there's so much more to that. And that's honestly, that's where content comes into play. So when you're building out a content marketing plan, it's really figure out what what platform is going to make the most sense for what you do. So for instance, I know Jim did a video a while ago and he talked about hashtags, but a big part of it is, yeah, you're cranking out all these parts and you just don't have time to create bits of content around it all the time. Instagram is huge for the machinist community. That's essentially a content marketing platform. Yeah, it really is. Exactly, exactly. So take a picture of your part, put a filter on it. If you really want to get complicated and find an artistic machinist that wants to play with Lightroom a little bit on their phone, it's a free app. You can make adjustments and then get it up on Instagram. 
research some hashtags. I mean, it does take a little bit of time to get started, but honestly, that that hashtag, it's really not that hard. It's not. It's, it's not, not and, that hard. And that hashtag instant machinist community is huge, and it's a great community of people. Yeah, and, and somebody somebody might ask a question about that photo, which brings you to being more of an expert in your industry, Mm -hmm. and then a potential customer could notice that and engage you to start making parts for us. I mean, kind of simplified this intentionally, but that's essentially the way that you could start content marketing is by getting involved in social media platform, which which essentially becomes a way to deliver value to the community. And that's just one route. You know what I mean? That's just one route. Exactly. Really, it's finding a manufacturing leader in your organization, right? Find somebody who wants to be a voice for your organization. Yeah, you could start a local event in your area, and mm-hmm. that could be your way to develop content in order to spread the word about your company. Exactly, exactly. And that's a perfect example. That Instant Machinist community yes. is, is growing. It's huge. And I mean, we when I worked at Tormach, we had a there was a meetup at IMTS. We were at the back of the tooling booth. It's a small company. We had a small booth. It was our first time at IMTS. It was so hashtag Instant Machinist had. A meetup? Yeah, there was a meetup, and it was right outside. We There was a booth with Tormach and AB Tools, and Al from AB Tools is a, is a minor celebrity in that space. And what's cool about that is all he does, because he does some proprietary work, a lot of these guys do proprietary work, but what they do then is they're sharing tips and tricks, skills about what they're doing, mishaps that they have. I mean, it, anything and everything, it's documenting. But what happens is then they can get into each other's shops. They can help each other. So this is the new school mindset, and this is something that I've, I've kind of preached across the board is the old school mindset is you're in manufacturing. It's all proprietary secrets. Don't tell anybody what you're doing. I I lived that my whole life. And what's happening now, especially in that type of community, is you see people helping each other and excelling. And they're not only getting better work, but they're providing better work to their clients, faster work to their clients. It's no longer these industry secrets. It's grow with the community because... Honestly, there's plenty of work to go around, plenty especially of work to go around. right now. I could not agree with more. So you've had extensive history on vlogging, first and foremost. Explain why this platform is important, especially to manufacturers, just the vlogging. We talked about brand building, which is blogging, social, YouTube. Is vlogging a component of brand building? It's a tricky thing, too. Yes. The okay. short answer is yes. Okay. And I don't know I don't know how privy the audience... Vlogging is basically a blog in a video format. Right. You putting your face in front of a camera and talking to it like it's a person. But what happens is you're communicating with an audience. And that's, again, that's a part of content marketing. You're you're building an audience. You're, you're growing your brand by building an audience. The value in vlogging, especially in this space, is you are creating credibility for your brand. And what happens in that space as well, and this is kind of what I've started to develop on our YouTube channel for Making Chips, which if you haven't, you should go subscribe to the YouTube channel because my face is all over it and we're doing videos for all the podcasts. So it's a good time. All we have of a lot our faces to say. are all over it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So um, we do a weekly vlog there and we do all the podcasts. But anyway, enough of my, my shill. <laughs> the, the real value in a vlog is it brands individuals within your organization. So it's a combination of efforts, right? It's, it's providing know-how from your brand which is awesome. That's what the community likes. You're building an audience there. But it also provides branding for the individuals in your company. And it doesn't have to be one person, right? It can be multiple people. But the value is that builds trust. Because when you build trust with anybody, it's easier to sell. So when I walk around IMTS, people recognize me. And then my name is then attached to a brand. 
was I doing vlogging when I was doing those videos on hashtagging or dressing for a manufacturing career or how to do an interview in a manufacturing environment? Yours, yours was, it was more formal version okay. of a vlog, right? So the thing about content these days is it doesn't have to be formal. Right. It's just matter of fact. It's just, you just, some of the best YouTubers and vloggers out there don't even use high end cameras. Nothing scripted. Exactly. I mean, no fancy lighting. As far as video goes, there's a place for both. There's a, there's a place for highly edited, polished video. And then there's also a place for not. You know, there's a place for unscripted vlogging. And then there's a place for highly scripted video episode. I think that you just need to figure out what your voice is and what is Mm -hmm. going to be the most value for your audience. So now that we're talking about video, why don't we like kind of get maybe a little bit deeper into that particular form of content marketing now that that we've addressed what is content marketing and why manufacturing leaders should be doing that. Let's just get into vlogging or get into the video side of things. So how, how important is the title of your video when you finally do release that to the audience or the mm, keywords or tagging I that you put into the video? I don't even know the answer to this question. <laughs> so go ahead. How important is that title? It's very important. Really? Um, yeah. So so what ends up happening, if you dig into the research on other people who are doing, like have big booming YouTube channels, and you look at the big the big famous people, right? Like what's the video game guy? PewDiePie. His videos- What about Joe Rogan? Or Joe Rogan, right. Yeah. So, so let's use someone that's more relatable. Is, is <laughs> He is he really thinking about his titles? He is not because his brand has become so big right. that he no longer has to worry about being found. Being found. Yes, yeah, right. he just worry. puts his guest in the title. But he, he also has another YouTube series, which is our is clips, which we're going to start doing clips for making chips as well. Where there he does put a lot of thought into, or his team puts a lot of thought into what the title is of the clip. Yep, exactly. And it's because that's a new channel, and they want to be found for certain topics. Right. Well, and also it's clip oriented, so you need to establish what is the point of this particular five minutes. Right. Right. And and really that's what it is. Is it's striking a balance between SEO, which is is, we talked about a search engine optimization, right? right? Being found. But the other part is you don't want to sacrifice being found for creating good content. And that goes back to the, right. the Google algorithm with keyword stuffing in blogs. It's the same type of thing, right? If you use too many hashtags or if you use too many keywords in something, the algorithm sees that and right. says, like, don't come out and punish found. you for it. Yeah, exactly. don't come up with a video that's like, this is going to be awesome. And then. <laughs> The whole point of the video is like Jim talking about what he wears to work every day or something like that. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing, too, is once you establish an audience, if you look at the high-end established YouTubers, a lot of them will have like, well, this finally happened, and that's their title. Oh, that's so dumb. But it's because they have an audience already, right? right? They have that subscriber base. In our market, in our industry, you do need to be concerned about the titling. You need to be concerned about the copy that goes into the video. So is it like tagging or is that something else? No, we'll this, talk this, about this that is something later. else. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They'll know this is, this is the actual written part. If you scroll down past the video, past the title, okay. it has a description of what's in the video. Yes. Yes. That helps the search engines understand what's in the video. Got it. And then the search engines, and again, Google's smarter than anybody even realizes. Google is reading the transcript and comparing it to the copy that's in that description. And if they don't match, it, it's going to get knocked down. It's, it's not going to rank as high. And so what happens is you need to create valuable content for the audience that you have or want to have 
and then leverage that everywhere. So really the key to it is less about, the titling is important, but it's less about getting hit on one or two big things. And it's more about getting hit well on many, many things. So regularly with content. So well that. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. Jim, I thought you said you were busy. We are, Jason. We're, well, we're, 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 we're going to have a great year. I'm looking around, and I don't see any messy desks. I don't see any paper thrown about. Tell well, me what's going on. Well, first and foremost, it's part of our culture that we have low paper, but... Since we've been using ProShop ERP, the whole tactic behind using that ERP system is to go completely paperless. And we are dramatically reducing our paper flow through the entire facility. So you're not quite there yet, but the goal is to be totally paperless. We're not quite there yet, but we've only been using ProShop now for about nine months. Well, I got to be honest. I mean, most manufacturing leaders, when when I go into their offices, I mean, there's stuff all over the place. Well, Prints I, and everything. You I know? think it, it just it just creates a clean system. If everyone knows how to utilize the system efficiently, then the paperless thing will work. Uh, yes, it's hard for an old school guy like me to not have that print in my hand, but at the end of the day, we're moving in that direction. So go to ProShopERP.com for more information. You can call our good friend, Paul. Chris, one of the notions in the content marketing world is, do you own the land that you produce that content on? And what I mean by that is you could put a video on your own website or you can put a video on YouTube. I've often wondered about that too. No, absolutely. So so embedding it in your own website mm-hmm. or linking it to a YouTube page. No, not linking it to YouTube, actually just putting oh, it on housing YouTube. housing it. Yeah, housing it on YouTube because you could utilize YouTube to have it on your website, yes, but, then there's, yes, yes. but then there's just producing it on YouTube. Yeah, right? and this is an argument that a lot of marketers... High, high end marketers, you know, the, the ones for GE and Pepsi. We'll, yeah, because we'll get so, into. so, like, just to get into a little bit, so if you do it on your own website, you could be a little bit more specific in who you push that out to. You could push that out to just your customer base in order to get them to understand who you are better or to add value to your own customer base. Whereas you could put it out on YouTube and your own customer base may or may not see it, but then you've got a whole other audience that you could potentially get to watch it. That's where the power of brand comes in. I'm a religious believer in the fact that you should put as much as you can out to the world as often as possible. Doesn't matter what the platform is. YouTube is big right now. It's going to go away. Facebook was big five years ago. Now it's, it's Instagram. It's slowly spiraling. Instagram is big. Yeah, but they own them. Instagram's getting more expensive and starting to fade. LinkedIn is one of the few places you can still get organic reach by just but that's changing too. That's changing too because Microsoft now has the audience and now they know that they can start charging you. Microsoft owns LinkedIn? Yeah. I did not yes. know that. And TikTok, which I'm sure, I don't know if you guys no, have it. I've it's, heard of it. It's a short form platform. No manufacturers are on it right now because it started out as Musical.ly, which was basically 14-year-old kids lip My daughter songs. told me about Musical.ly mm-hmm. about five years mm-hmm. ago. Yep. It, Musical.ly five, or TikTok or both? Musical.ly well, same, same. is now TikTok. Same, same, but oh. different. So, but here's, here's the thing. That's the next platform. That doesn't mean the other ones are going away. It's not going to replace something. I, I remember 10 years ago when I first got into publishing, because that's how I got into this industry was in publishing. Everyone's like, our audience isn't on Facebook. They will be. That's the key. Is if, if you so can, you're saying now it's our audience isn't on TikTok, but they will be? They will be. And if they don't hit TikTok, they'll hit something else. It'll, it will happen. Is the right? manufacturer's audience on Snapchat? 
Yes, absolutely. Okay. I, I have some friends who are engineers, and that's the only way they, they don't text. That's the only way they communicate is Snapchat. No kidding. The thing is, is, is all these platforms, I mean, you have to look, <laughs> this is going to sound funny, but you got to look to kids because the juveniles are the first ones to accept something new. Well, they're the first ones to adapt. Exactly. Yeah. We're the old dudes, right? right? I mean, like, I'm 34 and I'm one of the old dudes. So briefly, the history, oh on, mu- <laughs> the, briefly, the history on Musical.ly is that it was a platform where you would essentially lip sync to a song. Really? Yep. For like 20 seconds. Yeah. And so is that still what TikTok is? Or is it essentially like has a- that, but then it's, it's so it's married it to has, that. Yeah. But it's also short form content. Like so, video or like everything? Video, wh- whatever. I mean, there's a lot of different things that are happening on the platform. It's actually really interesting. There's a lot of junk on there too. And of course, there's a lot of teenagers and it's just like, okay, this is... Clearly, it's still a very young platform. Well, but from a manufacturer's perspective, that's who we want to reach from a perception mm-hmm. standpoint, too. So I yeah. think that we should probably yeah. start creating Making Chips music videos, right? Oh, I've already been talking to the team about that. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> don't, don't, even, don't even worry about it. You heard it here first. That's can, a real thing. You know what? I could do that. Yeah. Watch, watch, watch it. Nobody yeah. wants to see you on watch a for us on TikTok. Uh, it's yeah. gonna on a music video, Jim. Yeah. No, but that and that, but that's the thing, right? Is is all these platforms require resources, and that's that's hundred percent real. Back to your point earlier, like it, it is another thing to do. The key to that is you, you just need to get started. Because because right. in all honesty, like and like I said, that what it comes down to is building that brand, understanding what your brand has to offer will only help you grow. And you'd be amazed, even, even like okay, so. The blue chip OEMs, right? The the big high end OEMs that might have massive sales forces and stuff like that. Maybe the brand doesn't have the resources to do it, but have the salespeople do it. Those salespeople can create personal brands on those networks that support your brand. Now, granted, gotcha. that sales that salesperson might leave one day, but you know what? They're, they're still part of your brand. They, yeah, they are. They've created content for you, and that's where the real value is. Is companies are not people. But they're made up of people. And that's the real value is, is when you have faces to put to an organization, people will gravitate towards it so much I could much not faster. agree with you more. I could not agree with you more. That's why culture, when you show people the culture within your company, people really gravitate. I've noticed in my own social media posts that people, I get more likes, I get more engagement from posts that show my team or posts that show people in it. I feel that people are more gravitate more to that than they do just like a picture or something else of a part or something. And the key to that is to not do the posts that are like, hey, guess who's on the team now? Like those are good, feel good posts to have. But if you bring your team in and then you provide value, Right. Right. So here's my guy who's an expert with, you know, chip breaking, right? Oh. For Jason's business, right? If you're talking about cutting tools, well, here's this guy who's who's an expert. He's been in the industry for 25 years and he knows about chip breaking and why it's important when you do deep hole drilling. Just as an example, right? It might it might seem like it's super nuanced, but the audience that might be tied to your brand wants that kind of content. And sure. what it does is it not only creates real gusto for you and and the person involved in your company, but it, it also You're then, equipping them. Exactly. With, it, with exactly. information that they don't have to pay for. You're equipping and inspiring them, and then they'll go to you for business. Like, exactly. That's important. And that's how you build a brand. So, so Chris, I know that we, we mentioned earlier on the show, we just did this great video for Amugi, and that was done by the Making Chips team. It was very high production, highly edited. Do you have to do that in order to be effective as a content marketer, or can you just get out your iPhone and start shooting a video? Right, and kind of that goes back to what you said before. I mean, you have to do. There's a place for both. Okay, and that's and honestly, making chips as an agency because you know we have a marketing agency now that I'm a part of. That's a important element to what we do. 
when we have clients that come to us and they say, I see you guys doing these vlogs and doing regular content. I mean, we're, we're cranking out right now two videos a week and my goal is to get more. Our clients are saying, well, can you do that for me? And I say, well, we can, but it's really expensive because to have our team commit time and effort oh to God. that, it gets expensive, sure. right? And it would internally- to show up and- Exactly, exactly. Put all your cameras off right. and- But where, where we add value as an agency is to provide those high-end videos, right? So to do vlogging is one form. Yeah, I mean, and look at- We had John Saunders on, on as a mm-hmm. guest on episode 199, and he- doesn't put a lot of high production into his normal vlogs. He does it's, not. Just, it's just him in a, in a camera. Right. And, you know, he's got somebody on his team that edits it and mm-hmm. away it goes. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is... And he's got hundreds of thousands of people that watch his videos. Exactly, exactly. And, and so what it is is you have to just get started. Right. Right? You have to start creating content. I guess the best way to put this is you get bonus points if you spend a little extra money on better equipment and a little, little knowledge base to understand how to edit properly and things like that. I mean, there is... It'll help your audience grow faster and be more qualified, but there's real value in just getting going, right? At the end of the day, if everyone could have a a nice DSLR camera that they're filming with and, you know, using a high-end editor, that's all they do is edit their videos. Absolutely. Like, that would be ideal. Right. And, you know, I mean, I got a lot of friends in the market if they would love to have a job editing video their entire life, but... The challenge with that is it is expensive. To just get started with your iPhone, absolutely. Well, they have the new iPhone 11 Pro that's coming out, which has three cameras, which if you don't have tryptophobia, probably is going to be a great camera <laughs> for doing this kind of work. Yeah. Do, you right. know, do you know what that is, Jim? No, I do not They're know Fear what Fear threes, isn't it? Fear threes, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh, no, yeah. I did not know what that was. <laughs> so, Chris, I have, I have an, another question for you. The age-old question is... What is the appropriate length of a video? Where, where should we? I know we talked about vlogging and that short snippets. That's twenty seconds, right? Or no, t- I the sh- the short answer is it doesn't matter if you're creating valuable content. It doesn't it, matter. It doesn't matter. So the key to that, and honestly, one of the most useful tools that YouTube, but Google, Google owns, can provide YouTube. you, yes, is the retention rate that you have on your videos. You can see if people see your video and then disappear very quickly. That means your your title was clickbaity. If you have people maintain throughout, you know, most of the video but then it cuts to a sequence where you do something very you, different. There's metrics for you can that s- on you can YouTube. See how many people lasted through how long in your video? It's like a when when you go to a website and the click out rate. Yeah, it's or- essentially a heat map on the video. No yeah. kidding. And so for instance, we talked about John Saunders earlier. I mean, John has hour and a half long facility tours. On his channel, and people watch and the people whole. People watch the whole thing, but That's then, really but then, but then, there's also videos. I mean, you know, the, the vlogs that we push out are between three to five minutes, right? Sure. But part of that is because, I, I, to be honest with you, it's more my time. Like how much time I have to <laughs> sit down and talk at a camera, right? And then you got to edit it all. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, but really, what it is is, as long as you're still providing value in the video, so you can't shill, you can't be selling, you can't be even pitching. That's what makes it content marketing versus normal marketing, Got right? It. Totally Normal marketing it. has that call to action. Content marketing might have a call to action, but it's real subtle. The real value in content marketing is that you're you're giving without any thought of receiving. I totally get it. And what what that provides then is real value to your audience. Growth in your audience means save your potential audience. Mon- monetization. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And. If you, if you look at what you have as a YouTube audience, if 10% of your audience converts to a customer, that's awesome. But you know what? If you get a million views and only 5%, 
that's okay too. Like that, that's still a lot of people. That's a lot of people that are going to be hitting your brand, and that that's the real important thing to remember is that it might feel like you're spending a lot of money and you're giving a lot away, but at the end of the day, you're not really giving that much away except for information, which your salespeople or your marketing team would probably provide anyway. Right. It's about giving them something that they value. And then that converts into sales. So what about tagging? You know, I've uploaded my videos to YouTube before, and it asks you to put in tags. Tell me what those tags mean and what they represent and how do they help you? Well, there's kind of an argument in that space too, yeah. right? Like yeah, some It's veteran, not a hashtag. No, no, no. It's I mean, just a tag. It's, I, it's a tag that represents what? Right. So a, a hashtag has a similar, has a similar function. Hashtags are actually more valuable than like tagging in a YouTube video. Really? It's one of those things where within a YouTube video, like I said, there's a, there's a lot of argument even within the communities. But what I've come to realize or kind of sort of understand is that you get hurt if you don't do it. It doesn't really help you that much, but it hurts you if you don't. Okay. So, so just it, make sure you put something in there. You, you have to make sure that you, have, and they have to be relevant, right? Okay. You, you can't tag the Kardashians if you're trying to sell machine tools, right? You know? So it much like when you're tagging a social post with a hashtag, the hashtag has to be relevant to the content yep. of the post. Yep. When you're tagging a video in YouTube, the tags need to be relevant to the YouTube content. Absolutely. And then okay. you can't you can't be overzealous with the tags either. If you if you do too many and it starts to get too broad. Is there a number? Should it be less than 12? Should it be there's less I mean than 20? you're going to you, there's many different schools of thought on that. Okay. I, in all honesty, as long as they're relevant, you're fine. Okay. And again, like I said, as long as you create them, you're not getting hurt by them for gotcha. the most part. It, it, like I said, as long as they're relevant and you're doing them, that's where the value is. Great. Well, it looks like we're just about out of time, and it's great that the Metalworking Nation got to to meet you, and we, we finally got this episode done, and I know we, we've postponed it for a while. Chris has been with us now for quite a few months, and it's good that the Metalworking Nation finally got to hear what you're about, hear what you're passionate about, and how we can help them in the future if they ever need any videos made or marketing or just a content marketing strategy Absolutely. or anything like that. I mean, we we basically do everything from start to finish for manufacturing leaders as far as marketing goes. So, yeah. Chris, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, you know, yeah. I feel like I don't even have to thank you. I know. I mean, we see you all He's the time. Part of the it's show. not like we're saying goodbye to you or anything like that. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, you're you're on the team and everything now. So, but thank you for being a guest. Yeah, well, and all I, all I got to say is make sure you just subscribe to the YouTube channel because there's a... And like, how do they subscribe? To, to the YouTube channel? You got to go to YouTube and hit subscribe. Okay. Well, <laughs> to, if I could be more specific, you go to youtube.com slash making chips. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It, I mean, on all our social channels as well as on our website, I mean, we've got... YouTube is spread across the board. And really, my goal is to be bigger than you guys for making chips. So yeah, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> so Jim, I know you and I, we do our, our content marketing through making chips as we, we mentioned do. before, but I mean, have you thought about doing video or marketing or anything like that for specifically car machine and tool? Yeah. I mean, I, when I have any opportunity, I try to do that. Okay. We have an Instagram, we have a LinkedIn, we have a Facebook page and I'm, I'm pushing, but I mean something specifically that is providing value for your clients. I have not done that. Maybe you and I, maybe we could bat some ideas back and forth because I haven't either. And maybe we both can figure out how to do that. Well, Chris enlightened me a little bit more today. You know, you're always learning, right? You're always learning tips and tricks. And I have to admit that there was a good takeaway today. Which is what? 
well, the tagging, the length of the video, the frequency is is important. The stuffing is not important. The content really has to be relevant to what you're talking about. And it's all about audience building. It's not about selling to them. It's it's about giving them information. Well, it's about equipping and inspiring, just what we're doing right now on this episode yeah, and, and what we've been doing for five years now with the podcast. Yeah, and I would say that for the manufacturing leaders out there, if you do have more questions about content marketing, we would love to hear your questions. And if you just email us at info at makingchips.com, ask us anything and we'll we'll respond. We'll give you an answer and maybe we'll even talk about that question on the show in the future. Because if somebody has a question out there, there's probably 10 other people at least that have 100%. it. 100%. Because if you're not making video, you're not making money. Bam. Bam. Thanks for listening to the Making Chips podcast. Jim and Jason knew that the metalworking nation, the community of world-class makers, needed to commit to a new way of leading to stay ahead of the competition. So Making Chips was created to fill that void, to give you advice from other manufacturing leaders who can push you to take action. Your manufacturing challenges have a solution. And many of them are at makingchips.com. <laughs>